right. Just <laughs> as a little side note, my whole podcasting journey and Bigfooting journey uh, started with two individuals, one from Grenada, Mississippi, wow. and the other from uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama, I believe. And their names are Bear and Kumbo. So uh, I get outlaws, baby. Yeah, I, I, I get you guys entirely. Spent a lot of time at Grenada Lake. I actually have an uncle we call Bear. So, uh oh, <laughs> look out! I love it, Nathan. <laughs> and I mean, you guys, know, one, of, one of my best volleyball friends was Taterbug. Mm, Taterbug. <laughs> and Buck Taterbug. Bug and Rogers and the Possum Head Man. I I can't wait till part two of this podcast till we do because there's just so much more to get to. I mean, I feel like Tim could just go on like a really good thirty minute. Uh, rant right here. So go ahead, Nathan. We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's. Did the CIA write Wind of Change by the Scorpions? <laughs> <laughs> As humans busied themselves about the various concerns, they were scrutinized and studied. Dr. Loeb, what percentage chance do you give it that you have indeed uncovered extraterrestrial or non-human technology? With infinite complacence, people went about their affairs, yet across an immense ethereal gulf, intellects vast and unsympathetic through their plans against us. Prior to your abduction, did you believe in UFOs or any sort of alien life form? All things unexplained. So some of that I think sir, we'll save for close session. The following is from our guest appearance on the Calling All Beings podcast. Find them on YouTube or wherever you podcast at Calling All Beings. So basically, you know, since uh, Tim put out an, an interesting thought experiment, we've talked about it. What if all the his his questions even better than mine? What if all the UAP headlines were? Um, were Bigfoot headlines that we've seen since 2017 New York Times article. Yeah, what would happen? Uh, I would probably get paid a lot more to do my podcast. <laughs> uh, Whoever. <laughs> uh, I don't, so here's the difference. I don't think it would ever happen. Uh, but if we're just speculating that it did, I think Thought instead of instead of having all these people on board and hanging on the government's every word, every word, you know, what comes next, what information it would be more along the lines of like, yeah, they're lying to us again. Bigfoot's not real. I, I, I don't think enough people would be on board with it. I, I don't think people would believe it. I think people would uh, just say it's a distraction from the real news and the real stuff going on. Uh, if it was a situation where, it was proven without a doubt. Uh, it wasn't just, you know, the slow leak, but like, here's one in captivity for everyone to look at. 
Uh, I think people would start freaking out. I think people would uh, want to move into the cities instead of out of them. I think uh, camping would take on a whole new uh, realm. I, I think it would be an entirely different atmosphere in your national parks. Uh, the the financial repercussions for so many industries, you know, that might be a reason right there just for them not to ever do that. Uh, the government is tied to too many corporations that rely on natural resources. And if you've got something out there uh, that might possibly be a type of human or even an animal, either way, uh, once you admit that it's there, well, now we got to shut everything down. Now we got to do population studies. Now we got to go out and see what their environment is, what their habitat is. If there's not enough of them, which there's obviously not, they need to be protected. So how much space does a Bigfoot get? You know, <laughs> quite a bit more than a spotted owl. And we've seen how much problem that caused. So yeah, I, I think a total catastrophic event would be a very big possibility in that situation. And how do you control where they go with their migration pattern? Hey, you guys have to stay right here in Salt Fork State Park. Like, don't go beyond that boundary right there. So the LBL, that's... You can't. Yeah, how do they control where yeah. the elephants go in Africa, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Right. So um, anyway, Nathan, go ahead, sir. Uh, yeah, I'll just uh, be quick about it. I, I mean, it, like, there's a veneer in, in the... Our reality has a thin veneer to it, right? And I'm kind of coming back to something CJ said, and I resonate with as a parent too. You know, like it's just, it, we all know that there's a sort of deeper layers to the world, right? That there are deeper levels of, of what, what's happening. We all know that our governments, I don't mean name one, has probably done something really uh, unsettling and unsavory uh, in, in, the, in the name of keeping their uh, citizenry safe. At least that was a justification that they use. And sometimes they, do things, uh, you know, for terrible reasons, not even for good ones. Um, so I think we, we recognize that that's true. And as a result, um, you know, maybe we're better left just kind of living a little bit in, in ignorance to some degree. You know, like it's, it's better to like not know all of the dark things that maybe that, that, that happen, um, because what is our culpability, right? What is our what is our connection and our responsibility uh, to that? Uh, when we know the, the truth there and um, and then and then like things start unraveling like the narrative that we've all like constructed and shared together like it starts unraveling pretty quickly and I don't think we, we live in a world now where we can actually like do any of that very safely like everything is too inter interconnected I mean just look, look look what happened when the supply chain stuff like had a disaster I mean it was just cascading effects that, that ripple throughout all of our our society so I mean, you know, a lot of folks that just say, well, I want all the truth and I want it now. I just think I, I, I totally get it. I mean, I want the truth, too. We all like we like knowing what the truth is. But at the, I think we also like these governments have responsibility for for billions of people. I mean, you know, if the truth could, could create, you know, millions of catastrophes, like is that is it worth it? I mean, probably not. I don't think so. I've had people flat out tell me they don't want to know, like regarding this topic. Uh, specifically like the UAP stuff, not related to ghosts and, and Bigfoot, um, because that isn't being taken seriously as well as this. But I've had people tell me, I don't want to know. So I'm I like, tell you, oh, okay. I tell you what, DJ. Yes, sir. Let me borrow some of those shades, and tomorrow I put them on, and I see some alien skulls underneath some skin, <laughs> and then my television says, obey, go shopping. 
get I'm eight hours of sleep. I'm probably out then too, so I'm, I forgot about that part. Are you Roddy to- Roddy Piper? <laughs> I, I came here to chew some bubble gum and whoop some butt, y'all, and I'm all out of bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm gonna tell you what when we when we do the the uh, joint cab and uh, all things unexplained uh, Bigfoot outing, I will bring you a brand new pair of these glasses, okay? And some Zag nuts. I'll, I'll bring the Zag nuts. <laughs> okay, brother. Um, okay, so let's see. Now we have uh, Deb's topic, ma'am. Yeah, I'm going to make it as quick as I can um, yes, for ma'am. everyone to answer this. But um, we've talked a little bit about the topic I wanted to talk about was, um, you know, the right of the government to um, essentially decide for us whether or not something scary is happening. And I personally don't think that it is their right to decide that. Um, I don't think that they should be the ones that make those decisions, just like I wouldn't expect the government to keep us all out of the water because of sharks or keep us all out of certain areas because of earthquakes or, you know, I just, I don't think that actually is their right. Um, So I just wanted to throw that out there. If you think there is someone that you would accept that decision making from um, essentially, who do you think could make that decision for us? Miss CJ. Oh, you know, I, there's one person I would trust and I don't think they'd ever give them the authority, but we have, no, not you, Tim, stop yourself right now. (laughs) (laughs) You just go ahead and stop yourself. We have had on our show astrophysicist Dr. Charles Liu. He works for the Hayden Planetarium. He's brilliant. He's written lots of books. He's so philosophical. He thinks deeply about everything. And if he made decisions in my life every day, I would accept them fully. <laughs> if he told me I was ready to know more, I'd be ready to know more. So he's a good friend of the show. I'm going to say Dr. Charles Liu. And that's my hometown planetarium, Hayden Planetarium. It's oh, New York. I'm dying right? to go. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Go ahead. We went there in elementary school. Go ahead, uh, Mr. Smitty, please. I don't know who I'd be willing to accept answers from because I really don't trust the government uh, to tell us more than what they think we can handle. You know, so there's a lot of doubt in my mind as to what we talked about earlier they're telling us and how that's connected to other things i I don't know really of any one person i could say yes definitely this is person that tells me this i trust them fully uh i'd have to see things more with my eyes than i would anyone else i guess the only person i would trust to do that would be me so i hope that doesn't come off as arrogant but i just kind of a see it believe it kind of thing more of a reason for our bigfoot outing smitty (laughs) i'm ready all right brother all right uh mr tim sir dr mounts well i mean that that's such a tough question but i'll just say this so i recently read the stand by stephen king didn't didn't recently come out but it very well could have because to read the stand post 2020 okay it's almost like everything that happened was at the beginning of the stand y'all and except it kept going right so next thing you know there was no government there were no institutions right 
And it takes me back to a quote that I've heard a few times recently. Hard times make hard men. Hard men make good times. Good times make soft men. Soft men make hard times. And I think that in those situations, you got to be able to take care of yourself. You know, and one more quote about that. It's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. You got to be able to handle your own business and be able to take care of you and your own. And that's that's what I'm going to do. Also, a great movie with Charles Bronson called Hard Times. You have a gift for not directly answering the questions, Tim. Like, such a gift. I appreciate that. (laughs) All right. uh, Matt. (laughs) I'd like to add on to that. Let the good times roll. (laughs) (laughs) He's quoting the cars in Rick Ocasek. I love it. (laughs) I'm going to go in a complete different direction with my answer, just to piss everybody off. Oh, you'd never. I I think the government does have the right to do it. Why? (laughs) Because it's our job to elect people to give them that right because we trust that they'll do the right thing. Why? Because we're all idiots. We're all dumb. (laughs) We're all stupid. (laughs) And the whole, like, aloe vera and toilet paper fiascos (laughs) just proves that. Every time there's a cold front coming in in Oklahoma, you can bet within 24 hours all the bottled water, milk, and hamburger meat are gone out of the grocery stores. I don't know if it's like that everywhere else, but that's how it is here. So, yeah, I I, I don't think they should tell us anything. If I was in control of the government, y'all wouldn't even know what UFOs were. I would just play stupid the entire time. I wouldn't tell anybody anything because people can't handle the information. Plain and simple. We're not talking about people like us who are following the subject and researching it and investigating it and trying to keep level heads and understand everything. We're talking about the people you run into at Walmart at three o'clock in the morning, knowing all the information. What are they going to do? How are they going to react? That's what they got to think about. The majority of the population aren't level headed individuals, plain and simple. That's the scary fact of it. Uh, so I trust the government. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I can't even say it without laughing. Yeah, I know, because I feel like your level of your conspiracy theory. I mean, I feel like you and and Dr. Mouse have a budding friendship. That's that's, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, Uh, for sure. I can tell you one thing. The 3 a.m. Walmart crowd is going to Huddle House after they leave Walmart. That's what they're doing. In, in, in Mississippi, if it has a snowflake fall, we go and get milk and bread. Some reason people like milk and bread sandwiches. I don't know what the deal is. Milk sandwiches. You, but now, listen seriously. You walk into a Huddle House or Waffle House, two a.m., three a.m. That place is packed. It's gonna be slammed. I don't know why. All right. Just <laughs> as a little side note, my whole podcasting journey and Bigfooting journey. Uh, Started with two individuals, one from Grenada, Mississippi, and the other from uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama, I believe. And their names are Bear and Kumbo. So, uh, Outlaws, baby. Yeah, I I get you guys entirely. Spent a lot of time at Grenada Lake. I actually have an uncle we call Bear. So, uh oh. (laughs) Look out. I love it. Nathan. (laughs) And I mean, guys, one one of my best volleyball friends was Taterbug. 
<laughs> Bug and Buck and Rogers and the Possum Head Man. I, I can't wait till part two of this podcast till we do because there's just so much more to get to. I mean, I feel like Tim could just go on like a really good 30 minute uh, rant right here. So go ahead, Nathan. Uh, you know, I was going to say Keanu Reeves. Uh, I just think that guy's a good dude. You know, I listen to him. <laughs> Pop tell us, tell us like it's straight, you know, tell, you know give us a straight story. But uh, Matt, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with Matt on this, right? I think, um, you know, unfortunately, just the way the world is, like we have to have structures that we have and, you know, it'd be responsible of them to just like, you know, dump some knowledge on us that would result in really bad behavior and a cascading series of events that, you know, they can't control. And I hate that, right? I hate that, that that's that that's the case, but I think it's true. Um, I think if we were in their shoes, we probably would do the same because we, we would understand the weight of that responsibility. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, first of all, if I had to pick somebody, I guess it would be Nathan to make the decision. <laughs> no, I'm, all, all kidding aside, I mean, I, I don't know who that person would be because, you know, that I, I, I just don't know. But what I do know is, is basically, and again, it's going to take off of what Nathan said, is that it's very difficult when you're being charged with these responsibilities. And I'll just use like, for example, uh, there was a lot of uh, hot and heavy uh, UAP talk around when CQ Brown, Charles Q Brown took over the Air Force, which was, I mean, uh, right around 2019. I think it was right after the the George Floyd incident he took over. And he was charged with, after the pullout of Afghanistan, of remaking the Air Force from flying in these permissive environments like Iraq and Afghanistan to being able to fight Russia and China that are totally completely opposite and have robust integrated air defense plus bombers, fighters and everything else that these other countries didn't. So while people would criticize CQ Brown for his take, probably his stance on UAPs, they had to look at, hey, I've got to remake the Air Force like we are not prepared to fight. This is not Iraq. This is not Afghanistan. It's not permissive. So same thing goes for it. And you can just keep going up levels from county level, you know, town level, county level, state level, federal government. Now you have somebody that's charged with trying to figure out what the um, American public can digest and what might happen as a result of that. And it's not a job that that I would want. I certainly don't think I'm qualified to, to, to know what that is. And I think sometimes they get it wrong. Uh, very wrong. Sometimes they get it right. And um, as far as this topic, uh, we're going to find out uh, just how wrong or right they got it after uh, Congress uh, uh, digs their, their teeth into this because they're basically saying, look, we were elected, you weren't, and therefore uh, we represent the American people and you're going to tell us. And uh, eventually, I think, uh, uh, unlike that drill at Skinwalker Ranch, I think they'll be able to penetrate some of it. <laughs> so... All right. Um, who goes after me? CJ, bring it home. It's me. Deb, that was a great question. Yes. Thanks for asking that. Uh, did you have thoughts on it, by the way, Deb, before we move on? Yeah, I just wanted to say that um, just as a thought experiment, just to throw it out there, what if we continue down this path of the government has the right to keep it a secret and then like 50 UFOs land in our sky? Just something to think about. Like what, what was... Was that the good decision then? Like, you know, so I'm just throwing that out there to think about or like 50 Bigfoot come and hang out around the White House. Just something to think about. Okay. 
Okay. It's very complex. My topic, and I'll keep it super short, is an event that happened in Las Vegas a couple of months ago, and I'm sure that you guys all know about it and probably even talked about it on your show, but we haven't had a chance to talk about it on our show yet. And this is one thing that actually had friends of mine that don't normally reach out to me about my podcast reaching out saying, what do you think about this? Are you guys going to dig in deeper? And um, Tim, I know you put together a clip. Is that something that we want to play real quick? And then I'll ask my question. It's a scene straight out of the X-Files. A family in Las Vegas insisting something is out there after allegedly having a close encounter of the third kind. I swear to God, this is not a joke. One witness calling 911 after they say an object fell out of the sky and landed in their backyard. They're like nine foot, ten foot tall. They look like aliens to us. Big eyes, they have big eyes. The mysterious object that fell from the sky? Even the officers apparently saw that. The green glow of the alleged UFO is seen on this newly released body camera footage. I have butterflies, bro. Evelyn saw a shooting star, then these people say there's aliens in their backyard. So when that 911 call came in, less than an hour later, police were ready to believe it. It was like a big creature. A big creature? Yeah, like around 10 feet tall. Because I'm not going to BS you guys. One of my partners said they saw something fall out of the sky too, so that's yeah. why I'm kind of curious. Did you see anything land in your backyard? Or? But after a brief investigation of the yard, officers closed the case as unfounded. If those, if, those, if those nine foot beings come back, don't call us, all right? Deal with it yourself. That, I ain't dealing with that. <laughs> According to former intelligence officer David Grush, an alien crash landing isn't too far-fetched. Grush recently turned over documents to Congress claiming the U.S. government has a vast collection of vehicles that have non-human origin. Andrew Dimbert, ABC News, New York. Okay, so my question's simple. Real or fake? What's your thought? Smitty. Smitty, you're Brother on Smitty, mute. you're on mute. Wasn't this the case also where it showed the outline of the craft in the back? Yes. I don't know. It's pretty convincing, especially you see the footage from his body camera. I've never seen a fallen star look like that. I'll put it that way. I can say this. If that would have happened in Mississippi, there would have been gunfire involved. If there had been a nine-foot creature in someone's backyard, more than likely. But I don't know. It's 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 a hard thing to to really say. Uh, but it's kind of like I was reading some something earlier uh, about UFOs. Kind of like who you call when this happens. If you call the police, uh, they're not equipped to handle it. You call some other government entity they're not really going to handle it i mean if you do see something like this you're pretty much on your own because if people do come out most of the time nine times out of ten they're probably going to think that you have lost your mind so there is some evidence i think to back that this is real especially the outline the, the footage, body footage camera or body camera footage and those types of things. It's, it's a strange, strange uh, happening. We'll put it that way. 
Uh, two things for you, Smitty. Uh, the, we saw gunfire when I was going through flight school at Little Rock. We did, uh, we used to get shot at all the time doing low level. And be like, yeah. what? What are these dudes doing out in the country? They're shooting at C one thirties from Little Rock. <laughs> but yeah, it it happened fairly regularly that we got shot at. Um, sec- second of all, uh, regarding that, it's interesting that you point that out because coming up on the show soon is Professor Keith Taylor, Doctor Keith Taylor was a retired NYPD SWAT and other aspects. He was all over NYPD for his entire career. He's a professor at John Jay College, and he wants to set up basically a training program that can go state, county, local, and it will train officers what to do to deal with a uh, UAP call, a Bigfoot call, or a paranormal call because he feels like that uh, agencies are not equipping their law enforcement officers, as you just mentioned. They don't know what to do, and they deserve to have that training. So uh, we're going to have two cops on with us as co-hosts um, in addition to Dr. Taylor. So that that's coming up here pretty soon. Pretty amazing. Like you said, though, I mean, who do you call? Because they're not trained. They're not, it's not, not fair trained. to them. I mean, that yes. would be like you know, calling the police to come in my history class and teach you know, early American history. They're not trained for that. I'm not trained to go. I think they could do uh, that. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Miles. We'll have this out later. Yeah. But, you know, I, I tell the kids all the time in class, not everybody's equipped for everything. I've got three college degrees, but I can't take somebody's gallbladder out. You know, I'm not trained that way. And so when you do see this, these things and nobody takes you seriously it's disheartening and i think so many people instead of uh, talking about it they just shut down because nobody's taking them seriously i think that's led to a lot of incidents being you know just brought in instead of actually told to to outward (laughs) to the public Hey, so there's there's Dr. Taylor. It happens to be in the uh, chat right now. So, Dr. Taylor, we were just talking about you. Uh, Smitty brought up this topic, and that we're going to have you on and try to figure out what kind of a program you would come up with uh, to get um, get police officers uh, trained so they know how to deal with UAPs, Bigfoot, or or paranormal. So, thank you, Dr. Taylor. Actually, we're going to talk scheduling with you because I think we're going to bring a UK uh, counterterrorism police officer on with you. And so we may need to do daytime. <laughs> Keith, your ears must be burning. <laughs> Thank you, Money Nathan. Um, so, uh, Dr. Mounts, can you go ahead, sir? Yeah, when you said Dr. Taylor's here, I thought Travis is here, but I expected him to say, get the rockets, y'all. We'll get some UFOs up there, y'all. But uh, we got uh, PhDs galore around here, man. We got you. Crazy. You know, we got uh, Dr. It's like, Taylor. Wow, yeah. Travis Taylor, Dr. Travis jumped in here. But. Uh, you know, interestingly, if you live on Navajo land, you do have somebody to call the Navajo land. Oh, that's Rangers. right. The paranormal called Jonathan Dover and uh, Stan Millbrook. Come on, man. Yeah. So go ahead. <laughs> so in addition to the Ghostbusters, if you're on Navajo land, you got somebody you can call. And, you know, funny you should say that, Smitty, about if they were in Alabama and Mississippi. You know, that I agree they'd be in vitro. But if you actually watch this full video, these dudes are packing heat in the video. Like, these dudes came to this UFO crash heavy. Like, they they were equipped, son, to deal with some trouble. Now, why they chose not to deal with it, I don't know. But you watch that full video, and you see these guys are strapped. They're, re- they're ready 
for trouble. So uh, you get the feeling that whatever it was chose the wrong yard there in Vegas. But I will say this, this incident, and by the way, CJ, I'm getting my best non-answer ready here. This incident reminded me, <laughs> this incident reminded me, believe it or not, of the Travis Walton story. Here's this group of folks. They see a bright light in the sky. They say, what was this? Let's go investigate. Now, imagine what would have happened back then had there been cell phones. All right. And Travis Walton and them went and investigated. And I can't help but wonder if we were really close to a similar situation. If we believe the Travis Walton story, we believe that this group of friends encountered something similar and co-workers and they went to investigate and what they saw shocked them they saw travis walton knocked to the ground and they got out of there and when they came back he was gone and he was gone for days and they were almost charged with murder when of course this is 2023 and this would have all been captured on cell phone footage and what what would have the country have made of that and were we close to seeing some sort of modern-day Travis Walton situation play out in Las Vegas, Nevada. I don't know, but that's what it reminded me of. Matt? My answer is not nearly as much fun. Uh, I believe we see a meteorite that contained uh, copper, which is why it glows green. I've seen them myself numerous times. I believe you had a little bit of alien hysteria because of all the UFO talk in the media and the news. I think the same thing happened after uh, War of the Worlds came out on the radio. Everybody was seeing aliens in their backyard. I don't really think this was a hoax. I just think it was uh, some scared people because they saw a shooting star and didn't know what it was. They just immediately went to UFO and got freaked out. Money. But I could be wrong. Well, that's unlikely that you're wrong. Man. I know. Let's stretching know. things a little bit. I just wanted to make people feel better. Okay. I think it's a good take. I mean, it's a it's a fair take for sure. And uh, I, I mean, I think just as you pointed out, the coincidental timing of it was really strange. Uh, you had the Grush story breaking like I think the same day or the day. But I mean, it was like it's just back, after, like a day back later. to back, right? Yeah, a day later. Yeah, the, and, and Grush it, happened first, and then this happened. Yeah. Exactly. And this story got all the media attention. So, um, yeah. It, just kind of odd. I, I, I did think it was, I leaned toward the hoax initially, but now I'm not so sure um, just because all the family was uh, seemingly involved and in, in the police response and the sincerity that you see on that, on that body cam footage. Um, it's strange, very strange. Um, but this is like the phenomenon, right? It's like phenomenon 101. You know, there's always something like it's a little bit weird about what's going on. There's, there's a, uh, an eyewitness experience. There's also like a meteorological, uh, uh, moment or whatnot that can discount that experience and we have to sort of weigh all these different factors to come to a conclusion it's, it's frustrating i think i'm about to win a waffle fries uh from dr mounts with this answer but um i think that uh, and maybe even like the grilled chicken chick-fil-a sandwich but um i i i first of all i don't really think about it uh i i saw it and i just was not impressed with it it looked like a ruse to me uh it looked like something that may have been used um i'm gonna go a little bit conspiracy theorist here something to counter program grush's uh disclosure and um because i had people for example 
Um, I have a friend, a Navy SEAL buddy of mine, and um, the the Grush story was not on the news channel that that he frequents, and you can just kind of take a guess at what the, what that one might be. And then all of a sudden, um, he does contact me uh, and se- and literally sends me the video of this and says, "Hey, what do you think of this?" So I think that one was meant to get out and possibly to counter program Grush's uh, revelations and his disclosures. And I, I really don't put anything in it. There have been hundreds of thousands of UFO sightings all over the world that we've heard. And um, we've heard police recordings up to and including uh, uh, Calvin Parker and uh, what's that guy's name? Hickson, I, I think is his last name. So we've heard, you know, many of these things. And so, okay, is just another one. And it may have even been put out there and timed. Uh, to sort of take some of the edge off of uh, uh, news agencies picking up on Grush's story. Uh, who goes after me? Um, Debs. I'm going to throw another conspiracy theory out there. How to normalize UFOs and aliens interacting with humanity by throwing out more stories like that to the point where people are like, oh, it's just another one. Right. So you may never know which ones are the real ones. And I do think that family did look awfully freaked out. You know, I think it was also a meteorite, but there could have been more than one object. But my point is, I feel like that's a tactic, too. Like, that's how you normalize the topic. You just keep throwing stories like that out there until everyone's like, eh, okay, it's another day with an alien. I say give her a, a, a large waffle fries. <laughs> I, mean, I, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that Avi Loeb has just finished a search for a meteorite that crashed off Papua New Guinea that mm-hmm. he says could be proof of alien technology. So I do not think that meteorite and UFO are mutually exclusive. Okay. Great point. Great point. Yep. I'll tell you what, guys, uh, this is probably one of this two and a half hours, probably one of the longer shows we've ever done, but it was a hell of a lot of fun and we had a lot of laughs. So with that, um, I'd say we go with cabby goodbyes. Uh, Matt. Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, you guys are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, it's past my bedtime. All right. I'm trying to keep it short and to the point. So bye y'all. I'm going to get you tucked in. Leslie tucked in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Debs. I'm just grateful that we have each other, like all the, all the people in the community, to deal with these things because there's just like it's mind-boggling sometimes, and there's plenty of people who are just going about their day and not worrying about it. And to the me, that's mind-boggling too, by the way. Um, so I just appreciate everyone coming to talk to us about that and that we that we're doing this. Thank you. Thank you, Debs. I, and uh, Dr. Taylor, I'll call you tomorrow. But uh, Nathan, go ahead, sir. Yeah, amen to that. I know we started this podcast uh, with a cage match uh, intention, but I feel like we left as friends, and uh, it really makes me happy. Uh, you guys are terrific, and uh, good sports for, for being with us for this long on this uh, on this evening. And, and like DJ said, we look forward to the next one. I think it's going to be a wonderful conversation, and I have a feeling we'll have a lot more to talk about. Uh, this isn't going away so look forward to that 
no doubt. Um, you know, it's funny. I was just uh, telling Meredith for real, another podcaster whom we made friends with. She came on here. Then we had her co-host. And then when the Grush thing came out, she's like, she had me on her show. And um, I said, you know, there, there's few things in life that I enjoy more um, than making new friends. Um, there's, they're just, you know, cause I'm, I, I, I have a wife, but I don't have children. The, the blessing that, that y'all have. And so one of the, 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 the things that, uh, it sort of makes me the most happy is making new friends. And I think that's what we've done. You know, I was able to, uh, start it off with, uh, Tim, Dr. Mounts the other night and now with you guys. So, um, so thank you so much. It's an honor that you would, uh, come and share your time with us and your thoughts and, and your intellect. Thank you for what you guys are doing as well in the community. You know, Tim writing books for kids is just such a noble pursuit. And uh, I, we look forward to the next time. Okay. All right. So for Matt, Nathan, Debs, CJ, Smitty, Dr. Mounts, this is DJ saying peace out. One love. We'll see you down the road. And as always, we're wondering what's up around the bend. Thanks. Like. Share. Follow. Comment. Subscribe. Support. What's your hot take on Travis Taylor? <laughs> I've got an exclusive for you guys if you okay. want it about yeah, the Alaska. We do. Okay, okay. More at BigfootUFO.com. All things unexplained. So some of that I think, sir, will save for post session.